Hello and welcome back to the Lift Your Life podcast. As always, as always, as always, I hope you are doing good and you are having a wonderful chuffing day. And you know what? I cannot believe it's chuffing September. <laughs> what the goddamn hell? Like, where, where, where is this year going? I know we probably say this like every single day, every week, and I probably do say it every week on the podcast. To be fair, but I, I can't believe it. Like, I was speaking to a lot of my um clients who are mums at the moment and they're they can't believe it's nearly September but they also can't freaking wait for it to be September so the kids are back at school and um they can actually have somewhat of a life again um so yeah it's, it's crazy isn't it it's absolutely crazy and um you know I can't believe as well I've gone into uh supermarkets um as, as you do as you do to go get your food like or else would you get your food from and I'm starting to see like the Christmas things kick in and do you know what I'm a Christmas elf I love Christmas I love all things Christmas is my favorite but I don't like Christmas starting in September or August because it's just too soon and it kills the magic it kills the magic wait until I personally think end of October beginning of November for myself um but hey ho but what happens around this time of year as well is there tends to be another sort of big push in marketing from um usually like personal trainers and gyms and stuff for you know, you'll start to get it around the end of this, well, end of September, October for like these little black dress challenges and, you know, like a pre-Christmas push because they know that over December, people realistically don't tend to commit to fitness. They usually tend to wait till afterwards. So it's like, right, well, how can we get people to commit to some sort of dieting thing before? And they tend to sort of leverage that marketing. And you probably will see it as well from, you know, other things like Slimming World and Weight Watchers. There'll be a kind of like a new post um post summer sort of push marketing ploy and you know people go for it people do and a lot of these things you know you might be considering going back to or or try and you know deep down it doesn't work and <laughs> you, you sort of maybe wonder afterwards well, why, why do I keep doing these things and just maybe hoping this time will be different and you know I, I fucking hate them I really do like these little you know little black dress challenges which is a copy and pasted chicken and rice diet plan and you know i hate it i hate it i hate it i really do um but enough ranting about that today's episode kind of links to what i was saying there kind of doesn't and it's the idea of self-sabotage self-sabotage and you know we can relate this back to you know maybe going back and doing things that you know just don't work for you like you're gonna do it you know it's not a long-term strategy but you're going to do it anyway and it's it's a huge topic it's a topic that's you know talked about a lot with clients in check-ins and on consultation calls, it's probably one of the biggest things that I hear from the people that I speak to is, you know, like, well, I ask them what their biggest struggles are. And they say, you know, it's me, I self-sabotage, I do this and I do that. And, you know, I want to, to, to basically give you an episode today that helps you really actually understand the concept of self-sabotage and where it comes from and why you do it. But more importantly, gives you something that you can take away to to actually action and implement from today to, to stop self-sabotaging and start moving closer to where you want to be. So I guess the first thing is just to make sure we're all on the same wavelength here of actually knowing, well, what is self-sabotage? What is it? And it's, you know, in plain and short, it's the actions of deliberately doing something to stop you getting you where you want to be or or what you want. In, in plain and short, that's what it is. And and why we do it. Now, there's, there's so many reasons as to as to why we do it. But a really interesting one um, came from Dr. Judy Ho, I believe it was called. It was called. Oh, God. She, does she identify, oh no, I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole, fucking hell. But Judy Ho explained, it's basically a biological response called 
approach avoidance conflict. And the idea is that when we set ourselves goals of something that we want to achieve, it gives us this massive, you know, endorphin boost, this massive confidence boost. It's exciting. It's invigorating. But then we also get this conflicting emotion of fear of failure. It's like, I want to lose a stone, but I'm scared I'm not going to be able to. I want to get this job, but I'm scared I'm not going to be able to. I really want to be able to commit to going to the gym four days a week, but I'm scared I'm not going to be able to. So that threat of fear of failure causes us to shy down. And we then take an action that deliberately stops us from achieving it to avoid this, to avoid failure and having to deal with that that threat of not achieving something because that not achieving emotion is is horrible, isn't it? Like no one likes to not achieve something. It feels rubbish. And it's like, well, if I can stop myself from feeling that emotion, then I'm doing myself a favor, which we know, we know is counterintuitive, but yet we still do it. And there's, there's two types, realistically, of sabotage. There's very conscious, deliberate behaviors, and then there's the more sort of unconscious behaviors too. And, you know, conscious, deliberate behaviors can be this, I am going to choose to do X. I know that it, I know it's self-sabotage, and I'm very, very conscious aware of my behaviors. But then sometimes you might do things without realizing, and or, or you do kind of realize, but it's not like a deliberate action of self-sabotage. It's kind of done mindlessly. And, you know, some examples of that, could be, you know, like if you are wanting to say lose that whatever it is amount of weight and, you know, deep down you kind of have all this fear of failure. So instead of being like really, 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 you know, I don't like the word discipline to be honest with you, but, you know, really focused and making lots of conscious effort with your diet, just let little things slip here and there. So you do like pick at the kids' tea and things like that because deep down you're like, well, I'm not going to achieve it anyway. So it's just those little, those little deliberate actions or, you know, for example, maybe you don't, not go to the gym but when something is brought up maybe say like um someone says do you want to meet at this time and that was when you were going to go to the gym you won't say you know that's not going to the gym you'll just let other things take priority so there's two ways that you know it can come into play but some of the common um some of the common self-sabotage blocks i see then so some of the 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 main reasons as to as to why people fall into self-sabotage traps there's there's probably about six that I can think of off the top of my head. The main, the main biggest one is this is this self-labeling, right? And this is where you will label yourself as something. So you will say, I am X. So for example, I am a foodie, or I am a failure. Or you could say I am not. So I am not good at dieting, or I have got no self-control, or you know, is giving yourself this identity or behavioral identity that you are something. And this will cause you to, to lean into the action or become that version of you that you, you identify as. And this is called the self-fulfilling prophecy. So the idea here is if you declare that or believe that you are something or that you will do something or you behave away in a situation and you declare that to yourself, whether you know, I don't mean you literally stand there and go, I am a failure in all social situations, but you believe that to be true, you will align with that. So for example, if you constantly sell yourself that you are a foodie, and that's why you struggle to lose body fat. Well, whenever there is a scenario or situation where there is a highly palatable food present, you are going to eat that food because you are a foodie and you believe that to be true. If you say, you know, I am not, um, let's say, for example, I'm not good. I have got no willpower in social situations or I've got no willpower when the wine comes out. Lo and behold, when the wine comes out, you're going to have it because you it is that self-fulfilling prophecy. And that is one of the biggest things that leads to self-sabotage is these self-declarations. 
Now, I'm already going to give you a bit of a strategy here for to, to overcome that. And that is if these declarations and affirmations about ourselves can lead us to perform a behavior that doesn't align with the person we want to be, we can flip that on its head and create declarations and affirmations that do make us the person we want to be. And I think when we think of affirmations, everyone thinks of these really cheesy hippie things like, I am beautiful, I am confident, and I'm not taking the piss at all I am in a, in a sense, but you know those things can and do work, but actually just having a positive reframe of the mind and what you can achieve can have so much power, more power than you think, and we just don't do them. I think it's it's seen as a bit weird to speak positively about yourself, isn't it? But it seemed very normal to, to label yourself in a negative way. So you start to think about some of the, the declarations and affirmations you do create about yourself. And can you start to reframe those? And I'm really big on this with clients. You know, when I see these self-labeling behaviors come in, I will be the first to actually get them to reframe it. And they feel a plonker saying it to me. I'm like, no, look, tell me you're going to be absolutely found this week that you have got the, you have got the mental capacity to do it. And they're like, but I don't think I can. I'm like, well, if you don't think you can, you won't. <laughs> it's as simple as that. So what we need to do is start to tell yourself that you can. Because if you just start to tell yourself things and you, let's say this week, you got a chaotic week of social occasions and, you know, the initial statement would have been, when I am really busy, I struggle to stick to my diet. You've got a busy week and then normally that would lead you to not sticking to it. But if you can create the affirmation of, I've got a really busy week, I know it will be more challenging, but I've got the skills, the knowledge and the mindset to still do what I can and see results this week. Well, lo and behold, even just making that small little declaration, you will actually start to find that when you are really busy, you don't just go and grab a McDonald's. You don't just grab a pizza and shove it in the oven and eat chocolate for your dinner instead of actually getting a sandwich. You might still grab food on the go, but you are going to consciously make a more aligned choice because of that belief system that you have about yourself, right? I've completely lost my train of thought now. Standard Lucy. But what I'm just trying to say there is the words that you use, the affirmations, the declarations, they don't have to be cheesy. They don't have to be tacky. They don't have to be done sat with sage leaf and candles. But what you tell yourself about yourself does lead to your actions and behavior. So really start to audit and think about that now, because I promise you the self-fulfilling prophecy is real. It happens on a day-by-day basis. And what you believe about yourself and your behaviors leads to our actions, which leads to the outcomes whether that we do or we don't want. Okay, so that's number one. Number two, self-sabotage is trying to do too much at once. And the thing is, deep, 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 deep down, when you try and, I call it the January effect, when you try and do everything, so you try and go to the gym every day, you try and eat these super crazy healthy meals and flip your diet 360 and do all these supplements and everything, you probably don't know deep down that you're trying to do too much all at once, but you know, you get that novelty factor. It's something new, that surge of motivation. I'm going to do it. It's going to be amazing. I've got this. I'm excited. Let's freaking go. But then life reality kicks in and lo and behold, you can't go to the gym every single day. And then you you can't stick to these crazy diet protocols that you've set yourself. And one thing slips. And we know that self-sabotage is very often and very common happen, you know, happens with people who have very, very strong black and white all and nothing thinking patterns. And if that is something that you do struggle with, I do suggest going back a good fair few podcasts where I have done a podcast all about this and how to beat it and how to overcome it. But then you go back to square one because, you know, you've stopped going to the gym every day, so you might as well stop dieting. And then you, you know, it's like, well, fuck it, you know, what's the point? I'll just, you know, I've ruined it. You know, there's no way I can achieve this goal because this standard I've set for myself, this goal that you set, that fear of failure kicks in because one thing has slipped the radar and then you go into self-sabotage mode and start again. 
And this is, again, why with the clients that come to us, no matter how big a goal or aspiration they've got, I will never push someone from day one to be like, right, well, we're going to do all these crazy things. We, A lot of the time when we give the programs that we do, we sometimes get a little bit of underwhelm from clients. Like, is that all you're going to ask me to do for this week? And I'm like, well, yes, it is, because nothing I'm asking you to do here is unrealistic and un- undoable. You know, this is some small little tweaks that you can very easily action this week but they will see results, they will see progress. But more importantly, what it will do is build up that self-confidence that you can do this and not start and stop, which you've been stuck doing for God knows how many years. And that inner confidence will start to reframe the self-labeling behaviors. So there is methods to the madness of what we do. So if you take one thing from that, stop trying to be superwoman, stop trying to do everything at once. Look at what you are doing right now and pick one or two little things that you can change, that you can easily action today and just start to go from there. Number three is environment and not setting your environment up for success or on the flip side, having an environment that is, that ultimately is, is going to set you up for failure. You know, I I don't like to use the word failure, setting yourself up for a not as successful stint. (laughs) We'll go with that. So what I mean by this is looking at your like immediate environment. So usually this is the problem with dieting, right? Is that People struggle because what's actually in their immediate environment makes life so much harder for them. So they are their cupboards are filled with loads and loads of quote-unquote temptation-based foods. There's loads of snacks, loads of junk food that's very easy to access, and there is very little, you know, good quality, nice-tasting food. So if you go to make yourself d- dinner and there really isn't anything, all you've got is some scabby-looking lettuce leaves, some, you know, chicken, but you've got nothing to go with it, so it's going to be dry as I was going to use a very inappropriate um, phrase there, but I'll let your imagination run wild with that one. Um, And maybe, you know, again, a scabby looking piece of bruised fruit and that's all you've got. Well, lo and behold, there's also a very nice looking deep dish pizza that you could whack in the oven and it'll probably be done quicker and it'd be easier and it'll taste better. You're probably going to go for that, right? Or you want a snack, you're working from home and you're feeling a bit peckish, and you can see in the corner of your eye, um, you know, a sleeve of biscuits that have been left on the side. And there's no other like, you know, healthy fruits or anything else around you. Well, you're going to grab those. The immediate environment you've got makes a massive difference. So just think about little things about, you know, actually, you know, do you actually keep your cupboards stocked up with healthy foods? Foods that you actually enjoy, though. Like I said, don't not just scabby looking salad and, you know, dry chicken. Do you have healthy snacks do you have loads and loads of things stocked in your cupboards like you know things like microwave rice i always have what i call emergency foods so if i'm really busy and i can't be bothered or can't be bothered or don't have the time to make something from scratch i can make a healthy meal really quick so i always have an emergency bag of pre-cooked frozen chicken some frozen vegetables and pouches of microwave rice always topped up in my cupboards and they are my go-tos if i do not have the time to throw something together I will always have, I rarely snack, but I always have just some quote unquote healthy or lower calorie snacks in my cupboard in case I am again rushing on the go and I don't want to rely on having something crap. My environment is set up for success. I've got things, you know, ready available. I've got Tupperware. I've got everything I need to basically allow me to eat well. Do you have those things to hand or is it easier for you to grab the the not so healthy things because remember as humans we will always do the easiest task for ourselves we will always take an action which makes life easy so that's why we love amazon prime you know now when you do online shopping and you don't even have to fill details you just press apple pay and it does it in like seconds it's brilliant it's lethal but it's brilliant 
Why have they done that? Why have they set that feature up? Because it's so easy for us to action and do, right? So are you self-sabotaging yourself by not setting up your immediate environment for success? Are you making life harder for yourself and making it easier to make actions that don't align with your goals? Think about that. And then the next one is very similar to that is, you know, are you self-sabotaging by not actually planning ahead and being organized? Are you leaving everything to chance and just letting your chaotic lifestyle run its course and then not giving yourself that time to actually plan? Well, when tangibly can I do a workout? When is that actually going to fit into my ever busy schedule? When have I planned my meals in or am I just going to let a busy day get ahead of me and it gets to 7 p.m. and I just think I cannot be asked? You don't want to cook. You don't want to think about food. So you just, again, throw some chicken nuggets in the air fryer or speed dial your local Chinese or Domino's, you know? Are you being organized? Or are you just letting things happen by chance? And you know what? Planning and preparing, it's not the most sexy task. You know, you do enough of that with other things. You probably do it for other people, right? You probably do it as part of your job or for the kids. You know, you plan, you know, their pet lunches and you plan, you know, their, their activities and you plan things for your work and your meetings. But why the hell do you not do it for yourself? Why do you not plan in your workouts and put them in your diary? Why don't you plan your food out and your meals out? Because if you know what you're going to have, you can't go wrong. And you do have to plan ahead. You do have to be organized. It isn't fun. It isn't sexy. But you know what? It allows you to move where you want to be. It allows you to get everything done that you need to. You are setting yourself up for success. Number five is all about the scale weight, the sad step, the love, the thing we love to talk about. Um, and this is weighing yourself once a week or weighing yourself after a time where you are, you know it's going to have gone up, right? Because... Remember what self-sabotage is. It's doing something that's getting you where, you know, it's going to stop you getting you where you want. And if you have a very, very, very high fixation on that number and a very, very big emotional attachment to that number, well, doing both of these things is probably going to derail you because it is going to knock that confidence and that that emotion of, I don't think I can get to where I want to be because you've seen that number go up and, you know, that's reinforcing that you're going backwards is going to be, it's going to happen. So why is weighing yourself once a week a problem? Why is doing this Slimming World style, you know, line up, queue up, stand on, get your plastic certificate or whatever a problem. The problem is that our body weight fluctuates day by day. And everyone's different in terms of the levels of fluctuations that you have. You know, I've got some clients when I look at their their data, like it's very just doesn't really fluctuate that much. It's just a little bit up and down. Um, I've got some clients that is literally like a zigzag every single day. Everyone's different. And it's based off so many different factors and variables. It can be what time you ate. It can be the kinds of food you ate. It can be, did you train the day before? It could be down to, you know, menstrual cycle things. It could be down to stress and sleep and all, all these things. And so that once a week weigh-in is so inaccurate of an in reflection of what's happening realistically. And, you know, if you, by chance, and there are seven days in the week, you know, the probability and statistics are quite high that you could stand on a day where it's a little bit higher or whatever. Well, yeah, you're going to feel like shit. And a lot of people, um, a lot of my clients as well, tend to do their weigh-ins um, as part of their check-in, um, which is for, for a good percentage of our client base on Sunday. Now, what tends to happen on um, a Saturday? You tend to go out, you tend to have, you know, a social occasion. So we know that those foods, you might have had a slightly higher calorie day, or those foods, higher in fat, higher in salt, very common leading to a weight fluctuation. Um, you know, you might eat later because you've gone out for dinner later. All of those things are going to lead to a spike in the scales, which are going to make you feel shit on the Sunday and feel like you're stuck spinning your wheels. 
So doing it once a week is pointless and doing it after times where it's probably going to go up. So sometimes when a client's had a big meal out or a big social, I'll say, just don't weigh in. Don't weigh in tomorrow. Don't do it this week because it's going to go up or I can, you know, if I was a betting woman, which I'm not, I'm going to put some odds on that it's going to go up and all it's going to do is make you feel like shit, make you feel like you can't do it, make you feel like you're going backwards when you're not and it's going to impact your actions. So don't fucking do it. And the same with getting back off holiday. Like I've got loads of clients that have lived their best life, gone on holiday. They've eaten more, they've indulged. It's part of the holiday, it is fine. But again, if they see that number go up and it can jump up quite a lot after a holiday because you have eaten quite a lot more and traveling, you know, some people that fluid retention can be plus five, six, seven kilos. It's a lot that is going to massively screw your head. So don't do it because if you see that number go up and you think, well, I've, fucked up my entire year in one week you think that's going to motivate you for some people it might go well do you know what i need to sort this out a lot of people it leads to a well what's the point you know and it just completely screws up your actions so if you are going to weigh yourself i would highly recommend doing it multiple times a week to see a trend and if you know it's going to go up after a certain event don't bloody do it unless you are in a position where you don't have an emotional attachment to it and you can see it go up and go, okay. But that is very few people, especially if you have come from a background of Slimming World, Weight Watchers, things like that, or just years of dieting where that, you know, scale weight is everything message is is deeply ingrained. And then the last one, realistically, is just relying on willpower and motivation. You know, you are going to not get to where you want to be if you are purely relying on being motivated and utilizing willpower to get you to where you want to be. It's not going to work. It's not. Because that is not going to be present all the time. Neither of those things are. I wish they were. I wish they were. But they're not. Okay? They are not. And what's going to happen then is the second that you have a day, a moment where you don't have it, willpower doesn't, you know, willpower is like a phone battery. You've only got so much of it. And motivation just comes and goes as it, when it fucking wants, really. Just <laughs> like a cat, you know, it just does what it wants when it wants. And the second they're not there, you're screwed. And then what tends to happen is you tend to do a behavior which doesn't align with your goals, pushes you further away you want to be, reinforces that message of you can't get there, that threat of fear of failure gets louder and louder and louder and louder. And what happens? Where are you at? You're further away from where you want to be. That core belief is strengthened. You then, quote unquote, feel like shit and start again. So you can't. I think using willpower and motivation when they're there to push you forward is great. You know, I do it when I'm feeling really motivated about my training or my work or whatever it is. I'm just like, brilliant. This is great. This is going to be have, allow me to have like a 12 out of 10 day or a 12 out of 10 workouts. Brilliant. But I have days where my motivation is in Jupiter. It just doesn't exist. I'm like, okay. But if I want to do what I need to do today, I've still got to show up regardless and just tick the boxes and move forward. Because if I don't, I'm never going to progress. I'm never going to get all the work done I need. Or I'm never going to train the way I want. I'm just never going to get to where I fucking want to be, really. And that's exactly the same with you and your goals and your own fitness and your own dieting. So I hope this has been helpful. I hope you have learned a lot about self-sabotage. I hope it has given you some reflection points to take home. And of course, some action points for things that you can do to stop self-sabotaging. If that has been helpful, I always appreciate just a screenshot, a tag on Instagram, just to obviously let other people know this podcast exists. You know, if you have a friend who you think could benefit, just sharing it with them, it means the world. And, you know, if you do think that 
you are ready and you would like our support with our one-to-one coaching, of course, you can just drop me a message on Instagram. Let me know you've listened to this. Or there is a link for the application form in the show notes that you can just click, fill out, and we will reach out to you. But I'm going to love you and leave you here for today. Have yourself a fantastic rest of your day and week, as always. And I shall speak with you after, well, another time. (laughs) Over and out, guys. See you in a bit.